Hello and welcome to Beheaded. This is season two, episode 12. I'm Megan Moore. And I'm Elizabeth Black. And it's almost Easter. Oh, yeah. This weekend. This weekend. I had a proposition (sighs) for an Easter-esque execution. We had all of our things planned in advance, and today she comes to me and she goes, I have a great idea for Easter. I was like, oh, yeah, we can switch up the order. What do you you think? She goes, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Literally... Jesus Christ. I was it's like, it's an execution. Ah, Megan. I was like, it's an execution. It is. And it's it's, it's themed. A, it's thematic and it is an execution. I don't think we're A, either ready for it or B, appropriate enough to do it. We there would was that time. There we, we would wreck it real bad. There was that time in the Thomas More episode when we we, mm. we tried out that um, segment on. I think that's a great episode. Do you want to do the canonize this episode? My mother segment. My mother did not approve, so she may not have. But we still did it. So why? I think it would be a good. Like he's a real person. No, he's real. I just think we should get feedback from listeners first before we plunge into an episode of that depth. Maybe in season four. That's good. Good target. If everyone's like, I want to know the details of I just Jesus highly doubt death. there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh my gosh, they have to do Jesus. I feel like if they love it that much, they will learn on their own. They don't want us to like butcher things about we Jesus. We maybe could have even done like other saints. Oh, like yeah. John the Baptist or something. Sure. Yeah, that's a great idea. Wasn't he? Be- John the Baptist was beheaded. I believe so. I think he was. I don't know if he was beheaded, but definitely executed, right? I'm pretty sure he was beheaded and Jesus... Found out while he was imprisoned. Oh, I should know this. Or not imprisoned. Jesus wasn't imprisoned yet, but like he was good friends with John the Baptist and then found out after the fact that he was already beheaded and he was like super sad about his friend. That's pretty good. We should fact check this before we release it. I mean, it's fact checked. Okay. It's already. It's in the Bible. It's in in the Bible. In Megan's brain. Anywho, hi, welcome to Beheaded. Oh, hi, it's us again. <laughs> uh, sorry, we kind of forget the microphones here and then we start No, bickering. no, that's a, that's a great <laughs> kickoff, I think. I think we should let our listeners decide if they want that in the future. And if we do it, it's because you know enough people said they wanted it. If or Megan won her argument. buried it deep and we'd never talk about it again. Or Megan won. How are you doing? Okay. I'm ready for Easter. I'm actually going to Denver this weekend again. I feel like I've been going home. to Denver a lot. Yeah, it's home. I know. I think it's just because my mom in the pandemic is like, you got to come home for every main holiday. So I've been going back a lot. And I haven't been back for Easter in like 15 years. It's been a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. But I'm really excited. Like my mom loves, she's, you know, loves holidays. She's one of those people that just like, no matter what holiday it is, she will go all out and do all the things. I'm sure as a 32 year old woman, I'm still going to get an Easter basket from the Easter bunny. I haven't had an Easter basket in Mm. probably I could say like 22 years. Well, the Easter bunny is alive and well in my household. 31 minus 22? Oh gosh. 11? I've been drinking all day. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Elizabeth had the funnest wine tasting. I did. Virtual wine tasting with her team yeah through so work. jealous through work we like literally it was it was such a good time um my boss was like you know we're gonna do a virtual team bonding and we're like okay that's great she's like but we're gonna start at like 1 30 p.m i was like oh my gosh that's right after lunch so i didn't have lunch today i just went straight into wine tasting and i'm pretty excited about it and i got like these cute little they look like almost essential oil bottles of wine tasters i got like six of them and i got some cheese in the mail and I don't know what else I got. Like I got apricot slices and nuts and dates. I don't know. I got a basically s- like my slew, favorite dinner ever. A slew of things. If I could have a charcuterie board every oh. night for dinner, I'm in heaven. Yeah, it was wonderful. So I, either, I've been drinking oh, since one thirty, and it's what time is it right now? Um, oh, like it's like nine, nine o'clock at night. No, I was just gonna say if I could choose, so I can't be, do math. It'd be one of two. Like, last supper meals for me. It would either be a fancy charcuterie board, as you just described, with, like, good cheeses and... Yes. I can't eat nuts. I'm allergic. Highly allergic. But no nuts. Some nuts you can. I can eat peanuts. Because they're not nuts. They're not nuts. They're legumes. Oh. 
Fun yeah. fact. Yeah, fun fact. Peanuts are not technically a nut, so okay. I can eat them. Okay. I'm highly allergic and anaphylactic. Actually, sorry, this is a tangent. <laughs> sorry, I keep interrupting myself. So this is going to be the two-year anniversary of when I was working on Easter Sunday and had an anaphylactic attack because who knew that Boston Market put walnuts in their cranberry sauce? I mean, to be fair, the packaging I'm pretty sure you showed me said contains walnuts. Yeah, but who's going to read that in cranberry? <laughs> Berry sauce with a highly allergic cranberry <laughs> sauce reaction. I was just really not okay with that. Yeah, paramedics came. It was an ordeal. I was never more uh, embarrassed in my entire life. Okay. Just, just to say this, I love you as a friend, and if I was there, I would definitely help you out. But I'm very happy I wasn't there that day because I just, I don't. I'm very uncomfortable in emergencies. I can handle them. I, I just did not want the paramedics to be called. Don't respond to those things. Like I was not okay. I was unwell. Logistically, <laughs> I, was unwell. I like those things. Emotionally, I don't want to handle it. Like I don't. Well, I this no is the problem. Empathy, sympathy. I know blah, you're blah, a terrible blah. cold person. I am. I am anaphylactic, but it wasn't so much that it turned into like a full on anxiety attack That's because scary. I was like, this is my death. Like my throat's closing up and I can't breathe. <laughs> but then I started hyperventilating because of that and made it worse. Maybe and then I passed out. And then it was like, it was, no, I, no I stole one from someone once, but, but it, it was, was expired. Five years expired. <laughs> They're expensive. I get it. But if you're that allergic, I feel like it's just, you know, you got to have one. I, normally, I'm scared. Knock on wood, I ha- that was my only time I, like, unknowingly ate nuts. I know, but I'm, like, like, scared. Like, what if I'm life. out with you at, like, a sports bar watching a game and I'm caught just up in the game? Just talk me out of my anxiety attack and it'll okay, be fine. Okay, because I'm, like I just said, I'm great at that. I'm just great at Just pat me on the back. empathy. And... Do the, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what you're I don't know to do. how to handle that. Like, again, logistically, I would know what to do if someone told me. But yeah. in terms of the emotional part, I'd be like, I, Megan, deal with it. I don't know what to do with yeah, you. Yeah, I know. Okay, I got to reel it in. So I was talking about that. And then from there, I'm working backwards on my tree branch of tangents. I was talking about, oh, yeah, oh. if it were my, like, last meal shakuri board as you had mentioned without nuts or like a disgustingly amazingly delicious pizza appetizer platter appetizer of like wings nachos like all the things like quesadillas fries onion rings Mm -hmm. all the nice american what would you do nice shakuri board or like fried deliciousness of guilt as a last meal last meal Charcuterie board. <gasps> yeah. I love I love fried food, but there's a time and a place. Like, I don't always want it. Well, we kind of pigged out last weekend. Well, that's what I'm saying, because USC was in the Elite Eight of the March Madness tournament, so I had to, right? Me that, too. I was supporting Elizabeth. She was supporting me. With that green chili burger with tater tots oh, and nachos. So that, like, that is, there's a time and a place. But I can't have that every day, but I can have charcuterie. I'm still trying to fast from day. that. You know that, right? Like, I'm that on day four after that meal. scenario, and I'm still this trying is to why clean my yeah, gut. It's hard, and maybe some of you uh, in other countries can identify this when you go watch, like, soccer games at pubs or whatever. But as an American, when I want to go watch, like, American football or, like, in this case, NCAA tournament – I, I sit there and I feel guilty because I'm watching like a three hour game, right? Mm-hmm. So I like feel like I have to order something constantly. Drinks. So they come food. over and I'm like, oh, one second to like veer them off course. And then they come back and I'm like, okay, fine, one drink. They give me a drink. And then I'm like, okay, an appetizer. They give me an appetizer. I'm like, okay, we'll split us like the main dish. And I just keep going. They could have split ends. a salad, to I be know. frank. That's true. But I just <laughs> but like, we went for the green chili cheeseburger I just, with tater tots. I just feel guilty. I feel like I need to order A, something of substance because I'm drinking alcohol, and B, like something that's going to like fatten her paycheck because I'm like, you're waiting also, on us. Also, that lady this whole was time. kind of a bitch, let's be honest. Yeah. She was nicer later. She, Probably we were just drunker later, and maybe we were nicer to maybe her. Maybe we were nicer. <laughs> maybe it was us. Maybe I'm the bitch. No, it's not you of the two of I've us. I've had a lot of years in server life, and she was – Like, I, we would be in the middle of talking, and she would just walk the thank other you. way. I might not be the warmest of person, but I'm very nice to servers, I you think. You are. I think I'm very polite, and I say the right things, and I was like – Kind of trying to crack a joke or two with her and being nice. And she's, like, walked away halfway We're through like, my what do you spiel. know about beheadings? I'm like, oh, okay. Never Fine. mind. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Tough crowd. I was just, like, asking you about your well whiskey and you give me this dirty look and walk away. Is well whiskey so bad? 
we do try to leave the beheaded business card <laughs> sometimes <laughs> when we dro- when they drop the check and we when we, we sign the receipt we sometimes it depends on how many drinks in we're had. in if we're between two to three we'll leave it that's probably the only factor <laughs> in terms of whether we leave the that's card our, or not actually our biggest promotion right now is just um as we being should, drunk in bars and leaving our business cards yeah. around. We should give them some type of promotion. Like, if you found this in a bar, here's what you get. We should do some marketing research and find out where people have found us. Like, did you find us, our card, in the dirty floor of a bar <laughs> restroom? Or... Probably a sports bar. Did you use a hashtag on iTunes like most humans? Oh, I, I think, don't know. I think bars might be our, our niche. Hmm. I'm just I don't gonna, know. I'm going to Regina Georgia and just... I was reviewing it around all over the place. Yeah, just like stick them on lockers in a high school. No, but I was reviewing today because someone asked me during my lovely wine tasting happy hour. They were asking me about like where most of our traffic comes from in terms of cities. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, we oh have. Oh my God, a- how did you answer that? Well, I looked at the stats and I told them honestly. I was like, you know, it's funny because we have obviously a lot in Scottsdale because that's where we're from. So, like, there's big, I don't know, markets. All those Jamba juices I've been leaving our yeah, flowers. Yeah, maybe all the waiters we've been giving our cards to. And then there's a big chunk in Los Angeles, which we don't know that many people in LA, kind of. Like, mm-hmm. I went to. I mean, I'm from California, right. but not LA. I'm from but Huntington we, Beach. But they don't really know about us. Like, it's not like I've told my college friends about this. Anyway, but so it was a big chunk in there. And then it's like really random cities in the US. And then, like, fifth biggest city is, like, right outside of London. So, yeah, all yeah. our London folks so if in you, the house. if you can identify with this, I think, And like, you're embarrassed by how we act. Oh, my God. Sorry. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> They'll be more embarrassed when we go there and we leave our cards at all the pubs. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, these bitches. <laughs> They're here. No, but uh, but it just just to give you a heads up, we have a huge following in Chicago. Chicago mm. got a big base there. I don't know anyone in Chicago. I know one person in Chicago. and I doubt, Must be her. No, I doubt she's given, like a bunch of our friends are cards but we have big following in chicago as pocket shout in, like, out chicago texas. like like austin i think is a pretty big hub i don't know anyone in texas i know one another one person in texas so i know one person in every city so maybe you guys are i don't know the ones you're doing us. great Thanks. we appreciate all of you speaking of our fans oh we've had a few recommendations and a we're a lot of recommendations for once I'm listening to you. Normally, people send me things. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're going to get to it. Like, I know we you want structure. Anne Boleyn. I know you want We've Thomas Cromwell, you. Jane Grey. But you know what? you got to be patient. Mm-hmm. And But tonight is your night because we've got a good one. We've got a we, great one. We've had a couple people recommend Guy Fox. Guy Fox. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Also, Fox is the name of the phoenix in Harry Potter. Yes. Can we just get into that for Let's half a second? First. Maybe at the end. At the beginning. No, now. beginning. Now. Now. You right should, now. You should. As the, I should. You're the resident okay. Harry Potter fan. I, I am too, but I you am, more so. I am heavily immersed in Harry Potter. There's three things in my life. It is. Elizabeth. Four things in my life. <laughs> Five things in my oh life. My Hold gosh. on, I'm thinking of more. I should say my husband. Am I the fifth? My husband. Okay. I'm not, these are in no priority. I cannot mm-hmm. rank them right now. As she's doing this with her hand where one's up top and one goes further down and then one w- goes more down. I would say <laughs> Henry VIII slash Anne Boleyn and everything that has to do with any of that. No particular order. Harry Potter mm-hmm. and Taylor Swift. Those are like my passions. Oh, and Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is number five on this list of five. I mean, Taylor and I have a relationship. You don't though. I feel like if we met each other, we would. I don't think you would as strong as you and I. You know what I hope? I actually hope that you meet Taylor one day <gasps> and you like have a great time with her and it's like fun weekend for you. And then at the oh, end of weekend. your Sunday, you're like, I just miss Elizabeth because she gets me more than I Taylor. I would want you there with us. You could go ahead. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Going back to things. What were we talking about? Guy Fox. I don't know how I'm last priority oh, Fox, in your life. Harry Potter. Oh my gosh. We are all about the tangents. I got to rein it in. Sorry. I also, I have not been drinking like Elizabeth has. So this is just. Yeah. This, this is, is just, just Megan. Me. I'm sorry. This is me after if eight I hours see, of drinking. If I stay <laughs> drunk sometimes, it's just me. Sorry. Um, We're with it. Harry Potter. So for those who are not familiar with Harry Potter, there's a famous phoenix in the in the books named Fox. Yeah. Spelled the same exact exact way. And to be yes. Go ahead. W-K-E-S. Which when I was reading Harry Potter and obviously like 
I'm not as huge of a super fan as Megan, but when I was reading it, I was like, oh, Focus the, <laughs> the Phoenix. Fox. Focus the Phoenix. And then it wasn't until, I guess, the movie where they say his name. Fox? They're like, oh, Fox. And I was like, oh, Fox. I get it. Like, yeah. Gow- Gowl. Well, as we're going to get into our story of Guy Fox, there's a lot of fire involved. Mm. And not that he was burned, but there was some explosions or lack of explosions. We'll get into it. Right. Regardless, the phoenix is about fire, reborn from the ashes. It explodes. It's a new person or new bird. New <laughs> it's a new bird. bird. <laughs> it's reborn. Anyways, and long JK story short, Rowling yeah, it said, was like a little nod to Guy Fox in British history. Which so is cool. I really appreciate that little tie-in. Also, side note. Sorry, there's gonna be a lot of those. Another side note: um, if you watch the Sorcerer's Stone, yes. As Ron, Harry, and Hermione are going up the moving staircase, yes. I believe it's right before oh. they're about to go into the third floor corridor mm. during that scene and they meet Fluffy the dog. Yeah. If you're looking in the background, I kid you not, if you have not looked this up, watch it, Google it, whatever you need to do. There is a um, portrait, because mm-hmm. you know this moving stairwells is like walls full of portraits yes. all the way up the walls. Yes. There is a very clear portrait of Anne Boleyn. <gasps> And I pointed that out to my husband, Jake, and I have never in my life been so proud of him. My heart was a fire of warmth. He goes, well, of course, she was a witch in England, wasn't she? So, of course, she would go to Hogwarts. And I was like, what? Brain exploded. I had my brain exploded in that moment. So, anyways, you should go back. That's the only Harry Potter tangent I will make tonight. But you should go find that is Anne Boleyn cool. and, and like Harry occasionally, and yeah, occasionally Jake has those really good aha moments that we don't catch because we know the facts and we're like, oh my gosh, like Anne Boleyn's portrait. But he like ties everything. But together. he's like, yeah, but of course that he's makes like, sense well, because there were witch. there were rumors that she was a witch and she was part of her sentencing was witchcraft. Yeah, and we were both like, oh, whoa, good, good job, Jake. <laughs> Anyhow, okay, done. let's tie it back. Guy Fox. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, get, go. You tell us about his early life a uh, bit. His, his early life isn't super exciting, but I'll do it just to give us the full bit. picture. Yeah. Um, okay, Guy Fox. <clears throat> he was born <laughs> April thirteenth, fifteen seventy. Right. In the middle of Elizabeth the First's reign. Exactly. Um, he was born in York, England, so mm-hmm. this is definitely an English execution we're talking about. Right. One of our favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the second of four children. Edward and Edith Fox were his parents. Mm-hmm. Guy was a very uncommon name of that time. It sounds really cool right now. You know, you got Guy Ferrari, whatever. Fieri. Fieri. <laughs> Guy was not a very popular name, so that was kind of cool. But his actual name is Guido. Or Guido. Mm, I think his actual name was Guy, but later he went Oh, by but Guido. later. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm already wrong then. That's okay. But that's fine. We'll get into we'll his on. nickname later. Um, his father died when he was eight, and his mother remarried. And when she remarried, she married a Catholic. And she, the mom was already Catholic, but they were, um, good old Edward wasn't, so... The sign of the times was to be Protestant. Right. And because Elizabeth I was Protestant. Mm-hmm. And when his mother remarried, they converted to Catholicism, which is kind of a big deal. Huge deal. We always talk about this. If Again, if yeah. you're ever confused about the root of, like, English history, normally it comes down to Protestants versus Catholics. Right. You, the way you kind of have to remember it is whoever is on the throne at the time, what is their religion? And that's what the country is. Yeah. And Elizabeth was Protestant. Right. And King Henry VIII, as we remember, kind of went back and forth because he was... Every a, wife was different. Every <laughs> wife had a different religion. So originally he was a Catholic and then he converted to Protestantism with Anne Boleyn. Um, you know, so every wife had like a slightly different, uh, you know, religious belief. Um, people believe that even when he died, he was still a Catholic man. Yeah, they think he died as a Catholic. Right. Actually, so, they know because he confessed. Oh, yeah. And he did, like, the the Catholic last confessions. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Edith and her new husband, they were known to even harbor priests at the time. So, you know, priests that were a little bit nervous to be out in public or, you know, anything well, like that. it was illegal it, at yeah. some points, and it was considered heresy if you were Catholic. Right. So they were not really shy about protecting their faith. And mm-hmm. um, at this time, Guy was very involved in Catholicism, 
In fact, he fought in the Eighty Years' War, which was basically Spain versus, versus the Dutch Empire, mm-hmm. fighting for the rights of Catholicism. Right. Um, he fought in the Netherlands, but he was in the military for 10 years. So we're talking about a military dude. He's he's not shy. He's a tough dude. He knows how to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, he started as a junior officer and then made it to captain. And now we're about 1601. Right. So at that time, he meets um, someone named Thomas Wintour, which Wintour is spelled like Anna Wintour, if you know, who's like the uh, editor-in-chief of Vogue. Um, And uh, I I subscribe to Architectural Digest, and she's also like the global content editor for that. So all hail Anna. But uh, so Thomas Wintour, I wonder if there's a relation. Maybe we'll use that as a follow-up for next time. But he Do I need to write that down? I was going to say, actually, you know what? I'm going to write it down. Put it in my little notes here and say. Follow. Subscribe it. Do it right. Okay. We haven't had follow-ups in a while. I feel like we've been pretty good about not having any, but this is a good one to see mm-hmm. if we can figure it out. Anyway, meet Thomas Winter uh, upon returning to England after he was in the Netherlands, and uh, Thomas Winter introduced him to Robert Catesbury. Catesby. Catesby. Thank you. Catesby. Um, who- Sorry. Wine tasting, y'all. <laughs> It's fine. Eight hours. Um, You're so, doing great. Thank you. It's been two sentences. <laughs> um, so, so they they all get together, and with a few other co-conspirators, um, you know, Thomas and Robert kind of coax him and say, "Hey, we're planning this assassination of King James the First, who was a Protestant at the time. This is after Elizabeth the First has died. Yes, she so, died in 1603. Exactly. And then Charles the First went onto the." thrown like shortly Briefly. after yeah. yeah but by 1604 for sure he was the king of england yeah and if you guys remember from our mary queen of scots episode james first is mary queen of scots son whoa i love it when it all ties together right and it's funny too because as we remember from the mary queen of scots episode mary is a fierce catholic mm-hmm. um but is eventually executed because of her cousin elizabeth the first quick plug if you haven't listened you to that episode it's, it's pretty darn good two-parter and there's the Red Queen of Scots. Great information. Listen to it. Um, but James kind of abandons her in her hour of need and eventually becomes king himself. And he's a Protestant king. So it's almost like it sucks for Mary Queen of Scots because here she is, again, very Catholic, dying for her religion, dying for her right to the throne. And James the First is like, all right, I'm on the throne now and I'm Protestant. Like, cool, <laughs> whatever. Bro. Yeah, so he ascends to the throne. So so Robert and Thomas Winter, they're the ones that are like, okay, we're going to execute this guy because we really want to restore Catholicism to the throne. They need a Catholic monarch at this point. So um, they, when they meet uh, Guy, they have a few nice things to say about him. They, you know, there's a few people in his circle that say that he was highly skilled in matters of war, that he was a man of action, he was capable of intelligent argument as well as physical endurance. So again, like uh, Megan had mentioned, he was he was a man of war, a man of action. So they really looked up to him, and they quickly just let him in the circle. I know you had some good description on what he looked like. I need oh, that yeah. visual. Can you kind okay, of Okay, so by the time he's a strapping young man and he meets these describe guys. Describe him. He's he's tall. He's yes. powerfully built. Yes. And he's got a thick reddish brown oh. big beard and like flowing hair. Yes. <laughs> Tell me more. Flowing mustache. Mm, tell me more about that mustache. Yeah. Just kidding. Okay, so, I'm not going to get weird. Yeah. So that's, you can, you can that's just, long ago. You can just imagine that he's this kind of, again, strapping military man who's tall. He's broad. He's he's intimidating looking, and he's willing to fight for his religion. So appealing in a lot of ways, you know, to men and women. Um, but so they eventually convince him, hey, like get in on this assassination attempt with us. So they go about it by a few different ways. The first thing that they do after they've all kind of gathered their conspirators and talked through their their idea of assassination is they um, they rent this room that's near the House of Lords. And where do you know exactly where it was? It no, was, it's next to the Thames River. Right, it's next to the Thames. It's next to the House of Lords. It's this room in an inn or something. I do have some info house. on that actually. Oh, okay, I lied. Oh. Thomas Percy, who's one of the conspirators, another conspirator. Yeah, he's part of their little posse. He mm-hmm. was promoted, and because he was promoted, he had access to the house of the keeper of the wardrobe of the king. Yes. So the house belonged to that dude. 
Fox gotcha. kind of took on this like false name as an alias. John Johnson. Yeah, he took on the name of John Johnson. Real original. Can we just <laughs> good, like good job, guy? That's like me being like, like, hey, guy, good job. Yeah, I just, oh, whatever. We'll, this we'll is let Megan Meganson. <laughs> Anyways, he took on a false alias, mm-hmm. and he took on the fake role of being a servant to Percy, who's actually like his BFF bro in this little posse of right, conspirators. Right. Um. So he's basically in the ho- in the household now. And their big plan is, let's, let's dig a tunnel. Let's dig a tunnel. So they think, hey, guys, I have a great idea. We're going to dig a tunnel under this area. Going to dig a hole. Uh, to the House of Lords. <laughs> and so <laughs> they they begin this tunnel digging. If you can think of, like, I don't know, Count of Monte Cristo, where it takes them forever to, like, chip away at this underground tunnel that's going to lead them to the House of Lords. And eventually there's, like... Someone who comes in is like, hey, guys, um, there's actually, like, a chamber underneath the House of Lords, and we can rent that instead. How convenient, <laughs> too, though. Like, so their whole plot is to blow up the House Westminster of Lords. Abbey yeah. slash the House of Lords. It's all very much in the same area, like Westminster Abbey, House yeah. of Lords, like, all and together. And just conveniently, there's a storage room. So they call it an undercroft. Right. Which is basically a storage room. Right. And that's directly underneath that just was available for lease. Yeah. Ding! Light bulb. Yeah. So instead of wasting all your time digging away at this giant tunnel, they're like, guys, we can just rent this room that's directly underneath. So they're like, okay, great. So they rent this room and they start storing a bunch of gunpowder under there because they know that's how they're going to blow the House of Lords eventually. Um, so there was originally like 20 barrels. Um, they put in another 16. And it's funny, too, because if you think about like what this chamber looks like, if you've ever seen the movie Sherlock Holmes with like Robert Downing Jr. and uh, Jude Law, it's like that, that like the, the whole premise of that movie is they're trying to blow up the House of Lords underneath the it's basically guy it's, fox it's the same thing except their version is like a more sophisticated at least at the time bomb whereas this is just a bunch of gunpowder so imagine I mean, not like, a bad idea yeah so it's just this big corridor so they go in they start stuffing it and who's in charge of like keeping watch over the gunpowder guy so, guys, the one Our that guy. they're like, okay, here's what you're going to do. Like, when it comes time, which originally um, the House of Lords was supposed to meet in February mm-hmm. of, I believe it was 1604. Thank you. Five. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Six, no, 1605. Okay, 1605. Yeah, yeah. So, when they were supposed to meet, there was a big outbreak of the plague. So we can all identify with this everywhere in the world because that was delayed. They're like, oh, sorry. So used to that. The COVID. The COVID delayed everything. The COVID delayed everything. We're going to have to push this back to November 5th is when we're going to meet. So Guy is under there watching 36 barrels of gunpowder. And his whole plan is, okay, I'm going to light this fuse and I'm going to escape across the Thames River. So he's sitting there. Um, he was seen kind of leaving the cellar like shortly after midnight the day before. So people knew right away, like, there's something sketchy going on. Why is this guy going Also, in let's like put under this into perspective. <laughs> like, let's really hone in on what, what they're trying to do. Right. So they're trying to blow up the House of Lords mm-hmm. on opening day of Parliament. Yes. That's a big deal because everyone and their mom is there. It is the king. It is the queen. Right. It is the bishops. It is the judges. It is basically all of the top political system. Every man who has any word in saying how to run England is right. going to be there on that day. Right. And their plan is to blow them up into smithereens. Yeah. And their goal was to get Princess Elizabeth. Don't was, get confused. Don't not get that confused. Elizabeth because she not, died. Not Remember, we're Elizabeth. after that. Yeah. Young. So this was King James I's daughter. She's only conveniently named Elizabeth. Nine years old. Nine. Mind you. Mm-hmm. Nine years old. Their plan was blow up everybody to smithereens and then get Queen sorry, not Queen. Wow. Princess, Princess Elizabeth onto the throne. Right. Um and after they blew everything up, they were gonna cause a revolt in the Midlands and like basically like capture the princess and then make her the you know. It was just kind of As funny. Is tradition. I think it's <laughs> funny because like that's what they were trying to do with Mary, Queen of Scots, too, is like, let's, you know, That's assassinate the queen and then get her on the throne. Right. Like, it's the same exact thing. Yeah. And, I mean, right after Henry died, too, it was kind of a series of 
things this like that. This is always that. the story. It's like, oh, Jane When Gray. has it worked uh, out? Yeah. When has it worked out? Yeah. Learn from, this is why we do this podcast. You got to learn from history. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Don't do Never that. Never works. <laughs> so, word to the wise, uh, don't try to blow up all the people who are in charge and put someone else random on the throne because it was always going to backfire on you. Anyway, so. There, there were some soft souls, though. There were. In their, in their little circle of people. There were. So, obviously, when they're, you know, this whole posse was thinking about blowing the House of Lords, they were thinking, you know, there are some really good Catholic men, again, uh, uh, like, um, around these House of Lords. So, we don't want to blow up everybody. Well, like, what can we do to make sure the guys we like aren't there? Mm-hmm. So, sure enough, one of the weaklings of the group, and we're going to call him a weakling because that's what he is, um, but Francis Tresham, he decides to write a letter to one of his buddies, Mont Eagle, who's in Parliament, and he says, hey, you shouldn't show up on this specific day. Like, when you guys are going to meet at the House of Lords, like, just don't show up. So he doesn't explicitly tell him there's going to be ex- an explosion. It's more of, a like, a hot tip. Just like a, hey, maybe just go golfing that day. <laughs> I think the words was, like, find reasons for you to be shifted away shifted or something. Away. Like, they use some, like, funny verbiage on, like... Find a reason to not be there on Tuesday, right. November the 5th, 1605. Wink, wink, wink. Wink, wink, wink. If it Something's were me, it would have been like, hey, Elizabeth, there's a great charcuterie board at the pub three miles away from They're giving this site. away buy one, get one free charcuterie <laughs> boards. There's tons of wine Go and charcuterie. Uh, speaking of cheese, can I have some of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is some brie. Leftover from wine tasting. Oh, it doesn't look wonderful, though. Which Just one? Go. That's the brie? Both of them are brie. They're both brie. That one's I better. just cut it in half. Oh, it's the same cheese. <laughs> it's the same exact cheese. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's really good. It's very mm. creamy. This is the one I like. Yeah, it goes really well with like a full-bodied red, according to the lady who let her tasting, which I always thought it was for lighter wines, but she said the more strong the tannins, the brie smoothness mm. is supposed to go with it well. Well, I just like cheese and yeah. I don't alcohol, know. so <laughs> we're fine. I don't care. Okay, anyway, sorry. give me some cheese. I will gladly step away from this site mm-hmm. at the House of Lords. Um, but Monteagle like kind of tips people off, and he's like, "I think, I think there's reason to believe something bad's going to happen." So they end up they end up inspecting everywhere in the House of Lords, including the underchamber area. So they go there, and they literally find Guy hoarding 36 barrels of gunpowder holding a match holding Uh. a match and like hi all i'm just don't worry about me me. and the funny my gunpowder the funny part is like they try to disguise the gunpowder barrels with like logs of wood and like different things to suggest hey there's nothing to see here but they found obviously guy and they found the 36 barrels of gunpowder so they're like yeah you, you can't have this here Mm. this is not okay so they end up uh arresting him taking him in and they start to interrogate him because they have a sense that he's a part of a broader conspiracy because why else would someone you know tip off about this whole situation and this is on remember remember november the the 5th 5th of november i said that wrong remember (laughs) i'm gonna have some cheese here too remember remember the 5th of november Mm -hmm. this is the morning, very, very early hours when they arrested him. Mm-hmm. Once they figured out that guy got arrested, like, word got out pretty quickly. And all of his conspirators and his little posse, overall, there was 13 men involved in this. Right. They all tried to flee. Mm-hmm. Like, don't blame them, As right? brave men do. Um, a couple of them did get away, but most of them kind of, like, hung back and trying to figure out an escape route. But they started guarding the the territories and the borders, mm-hmm. figuring out, like, okay, this this isn't just one dude on his own with 36 barrels. Like, clearly there's more people involved. Exactly. So, um, but right now they only have Guy arrested. Mm-hmm. They take him, they arrest him, and they torture him. And this is why we listen to this podcast <laughs> and make this podcast. Of course. Um... While getting tortured, he only gave them the name of John Johnson. He was just like, I'm John Johnson. I'm John John Johnson. Johnson. That's my name. Right. Um, The king, James I, personally, like, met him and was like, why did you want to blow up everyone, (laughs) including me and my wife? Mm -hmm. And his response was, 
Blow you scotch beggars to native mountains. Yeah, he said, I want to blow you scotch beggars back to your native mountains. So he was very, he was, he reminds me a lot of like Joan of Arc in this situation Mm -hmm. because when they begin to interrogate him, he's not willing to cooperate. He's very defiant, just kind of throwing things back in their face, like, oh, because I want to blow you all to hell type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't a while before he, like every prisoner pretty much does, comes around. So James I was actually pretty impressed with his stamina Mm -hmm. because they really started getting to him. And James signed a warrant to allow them to torture him to what they needed to do. Right. Including the rack. Right. He told them in so many words. There was a pretty good quote I read of what he actually said, but I don't have that. (laughs) Said something along the lines of, like, start small, then work your way up. But eventually we're going to get the truth out of him. Right. And the rack was illegal to use as a torture mechanism. Unless the king signed a warrant to allow them to use it. Yeah. Um, Which is ironic, considering all the things we've learned about so far in history in England. It's like all the ways they've killed people. And now all of a sudden it's like, but you need a warrant to rack them. Well, they're trying to follow some policies They're trying to have some rules. They're trying to make rules. Mm -hmm. Um, For us little little cute executionees who don't know what a rack is. Executionados. Sorry. (laughs) Executionados. Am I an executionee tonight? That Have you been giving people- me all this wine? Because it's my last day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, executionados. Mm-hmm. Being on the rack means that you're pulled limb by limb until your muscles start pulling out. Your bones start cracking. Your muscles are tearing. And it's an extremely painful situation. No mm-hmm. one wants to be on the rack. No. Rack equals bad. Yes. They started him off in monocles. Not a monocle. That's the eyepiece. What do they call I it? I think it's pronounced monocles, is it not? I call them handcuffs. They're handcuffs. Here in Arizona. Yeah. But uh, maybe in English it's pronounced, I don't know, monocle is a thing you have in your eye. Hmm. But maybe. They put them in handcuffs and they hang them from the ceiling, mm-hmm. which doesn't, like, at first I feel like I could do that, but mm-hmm. really, no. Mm-hmm. It's going to start pulling your joints out of your socket and you can't last very long being hung solely by your arms. Ew. That's how they start. Yeah. And he is sticking to his word. I'm John Johnson. I don't know anything. Yeah. Also, really quick to the, he was so, again, defiant and firm in his ways that even King James was like, I admire his Roman resolution. You know, his like Catholic belief, like how, you know, proud he is that he won't even give up his real name or his conspirators' names or any of that. We should also mention. Out of all of the kings and queens before him, James I, surprisingly, though he was Protestant, was probably the most tolerant to the Catholics. Yeah. So, like, if they really had an issue, like, they should have gone up against, like, Mary I, obviously weren't alive by then. Right. But anyways, other than Mary I, who was just burning heretics, 300, I think, was her, like, final tally at the right. end. Um, He had, he, like... They were, yeah, they were ostracized, but they weren't being burned at the stake every day. Right. And I think that was a little bit of his political ploy, too, because he didn't really know where to lean. He'd seen what happened with King Henry VIII and how flip-floppy he was between Catholicism and Protestantism. And then he saw Elizabeth I be very firm in her ways as a Protestant. He saw his own mother being very firm in her ways as a Catholic. So I think he did it more of as a political motive of like, hey. Sure. He was known as the peacemaker. I'm Protestant, but I'm cool if you want yeah, to be Yeah, that like was like his Catholic. whole angle is I want to be the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so they take Guy Fox to the Tower of London. The room that he was interrogated in is now called the Guy Fox room. Right. You can go and you can see it, which is we will do that one day. Added to the list. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> um, eventually, they searched his body, which they should have done on day one, but sure. They found <laughs> it. Um, and they find a letter addressed to who but Guy Fox. So they're like, really? You told us you weren't this guy, but... So you're, you're not John Johnson? No? And they had a ton of questions for him. Even right. some of the questions that they were interrogating him with were straight from King James. Yes. Like, they were trying to... They were really nitpicking him for days. Like... Okay, so if you're John Johnson, like, where are you from? And how did you learn French? And then when, where were you? you Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, where were you exactly when you learned, like, all these questions? Really trying to get him on his feet. Yeah. And John Johnson didn't think through his backstory that well. (laughs) Exactly. On November 7th, he finally kind of, like, lack of a better term, broke in. Yeah. Because he's on the rack. And he did, he he admitted, "I'm, I'm Guy Fox. I'm not John Johnson. And then he told them, overall, there's five people involved. Mm-hmm. Actually, there was 13. So he's doing okay. That's okay so <laughs> he's, far. He's just easing into it. Yeah. 
by November 8th, he lists all the names. <laughs> cool. <laughs> He's like, shit. One more day. I mean, okay, it wasn't there's 13 just of the us. rack. We're sure, like, there was probably, they were pulling out thumbnails. They were putting hot matches under his thumbnails. Ooh. They were pulling things off, pinching him, yeah. beating him, yeah. hanging things and cutting and, and racking. And, and throughout this, he's still. Pulling. All those adjectives. All, all the verbs. All the grossness. All the verbs. Yeah, but throughout this, I mean, he still showed a lot of resilience. I mean, he prayed to God constantly for the saving of his own soul, for the advancement of the Catholic faith. So, you know, it was kind of known throughout all of this that he was still holding very strong for a while. Mm -hmm. So it did take days for him to finally identify the names. And they said even at night he slept pretty soundly because he was so resolute that he was just like, no, like, I'm right. We're going to get out of this. Everything's going to be okay. But yeah, but two days later, after all this execution, he was kind of a little he bit started more willing. Giving in. Yeah, to um, give the names. Four days later, on November 9th, mm -hmm. is the day that he gave up Francis Tresham's name, which now they're like, okay, this makes sense. That's because the guy who wrote the, the letter yeah. warning the Catholics in the parliament that this was going to happen. So now, like, all the pieces are coming together. Mm hmm. Um, and they get him to sign a confession. Yes. This is kind of sad. No. And I'm going to post a picture of this, I think. Oh. The signature on his confession is so obvious that he was tortured because you can barely read the writing. It's, like, shaky and scribbly, mm -hmm. and it can barely say, like, guy something. Yeah. But, like, clearly, he has, like, a broken hand. So, like, there's no proof of exactly how he was tortured, but from that evidence alone, historians are like, yeah, he was done pretty bad. Right, you have to have, like, a broken hand or severe, like, you know, dehydration mixed and your with arms aren't physical working. torture. Yeah, like, to the point yeah. where you can't even write your own name. Um, on January 27th, 1606, mm -hmm. eight plotters were brought to trial. Like, let me back up for just a second. How did we get to eight? Yes. Um, after he started listing names, they figured out where most of the plotters were hanging out. Like, as I said, some of them were trying to get out and some of them were kind of hanging back. Yeah. They went into a bit of a showdown <laughs> and the military got into a shootout with them trying to arrest the other conspirators. Right. Um, our main bros, the, the leader of the group, what's his name? Catesby? Catesby, who we mentioned earlier, uh, along with Percy, one of the other main guys, shot and killed during mm -hmm. this altercation. I love this. Even though they were shot and killed and not, like, put on trial or executed, they still took their bodies and decapitated them and put their heads on spikes on the tower just disemboweled to prove them. the point. I don't yeah. know if they disemboweled, but they definitely took they their didn't? heads off. Oh, yeah, they did. Like, what's the point of disemboweling if they're already dead? But they wanted their because heads on display. they wanted the birds to eat their insides. Maybe they wanted for medical purposes to study the anatomy of the human body. Well, that's a century before... I'm sorry. I'm still in the you got burked <laughs> mindset. Okay. Go look it up. <laughs> um, so of the eight plotters that they arrest, they take them to Westminster all in a barge together. Right. Ironic. Because sure. that's the building they were trying to blow up. Yep. Go right past it. There's already a scaffold on display. Right. Just all for the theatrics is the trial. Like, they already know what's happening. They're passing by the scaffold. They are already building for them like talk about innocent until proven guilty right. but sure we'll of go course. with it yeah and, and fox once he gets there you know pleads not guilty not guilty of course the jury even though he confessed already right <laughs> the jury finds him guilty for high treason as we've mentioned a hot hot take the only term I use now. The only term we use to get people in trouble. When my husband's in trouble, I'm like, high treason. High treason. To the wife. High treason on all accounts. Um, you know, so so they decide, okay, here's what your sentence is going to be, you and the eight conspirators. We're going to make sure you guys are drawn on the backs of horses. So essentially, you are, like, latched to a horse and drawn through the street. And the quote that they used was, they want to make sure you're halfway between heaven and and earth. So essentially, you're not quite dead and you're not quite alive. You're just like dragged to the point where you're in that halfway point. <laughs> Wonderful. Ugh. And we've talked about drawn and quartering before, mm -hmm. but it entails being hanged like just right. a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
um, d- taking off the genitals, putting it in front of their faces, and then burning it in front of them. Yeah. Um, opening them up, pulling out their heart, disemboweling them, taking out their their intestines. Yes. And then quartering them is cutting because we're not done. We're not done. Quartering is cutting off all their limbs. Right. And then decapitating them is the final blow. Mm-hmm. And and then they put that head on a spike and they put all the limbs in the four corners of the territories. And that <laughs> is a drawn and quartering. Exactly. And they said specifically that they want to put the hearts and genitals um, on sticks so that they are uh, they are prey for the fowl in the air. Ugh. So basically they want all the birds to peck at their insides as well. So it's not enough that you just take them out and show them before they die. You also have to make sure that the birds eat them after you're dead. <laughs> What's so disgusting is like people show up and they want to. To see this. Yeah. This is a public, exciting thing, like a sporting event. Yes. Yeah. And altogether, there are five of them who are going to be drawn and quartered on the same day. Right. So this is like a big sp- spectacle. And it takes a long time because they're doing each of them individually, which right. is also the worst for the last person Ooh. who's watching all of it and, and just like seeing I'm their fate in front of their eyes. Yeah. Oh, terrible. But. Fox has kind of a good plan here. So it's not quite sure if it's intentional or not, but we think it is. I think so, it is. I think so, too. He's he's not stupid. He's not dumb. So well, what, I mean, he was dumb when he got caught red-handed with a match well, in his hand. That part was Besides a little dumb. Besides that, he's not that dumb. After that, he smartened up a bit. Um, so what he does, uh, you know, um, on this day of execution, when he sees everyone else kind of tortured in front of him, is he goes up to the scaffold and purposely falls from the scaffold with a noose around his neck. So he breaks his neck intentionally. Jumps. Jumps off of the scaffold. Mm-hmm. So that way he's avoiding the actual hanging, the drawn and quartering. And he, that's how he dies. I mean, that's how he that's gets That's how him. he dies. Yeah. So, yeah. So when they hang him, they're supposed to hang him gently so that he's just kind of like starting to out pass out. But then they wake him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so he breaks his neck by jumping off the ladder right. with the noose. So, yeah. funny thing, Robert Keyes was another one of the conspirators in that group of five. Yeah. He tried He's the like, same thing. Great idea, but, but guy. Before, no, he did it before a guy. <laughs> oh. He tried it before a guy, tried to jump, but it didn't work. All it did was break the rope, and then they're like, okay, nice try, buddy. And then they, they <sighs> took him to the... the quartering station and then that's when they cut him open Ew. Um, and i'm sure guys i'm like i see what you're doing there and then he tried it and it worked right so it's kind of tricky so good for him guy eventually kind of got got off of this terrible sentence not that death is ever a great sentence but at least he did it on his own terms and he went out just being like nope <laughs> not doing this drawn a quartering thing Ugh. Yeah. So so after that, you know, he has this uh, this legacy that's kind of born because of you know everything he's he's gone through, and then he was the one found with the matches and the gunpowder and all of that. So he becomes this kind of symbol of the gunpowder plot. When you think of the gunpowder plot, you think of Guy Fox. You don't remember, think of, remember the fifth of November exactly. You don't Guy remember Fox. any of the other co-conspirators. You don't, you don't know Robert Keyes. We barely remember. We don't their know names. Thomas Percy. Right. Guy so, Fox is our dude. Yeah. <laughs> so um, those of our listeners who are in England, which we do have quite a bit of, uh, they know this as Guy Fox Night from here on out. So fun. Yeah. Which We're going to start this. I was going to say, America. I was like, I think Megan and I are going to start hosting an annual party, uh, you know, on November the 5th. Um, and they do tons of different things depending on where you are in the country, but uh, they do tend to, like, burn Guy Fox in effigy. Yeah. Well, you know? they do bonfires. They do bonfires. And, and let's clarify the purpose of celebrating it isn't necessarily like celebrating like anarchy it's about the escape of king james the first like the escape that the king had from assassination like the king was like quick-witted and onto them beforehand and it's like the celebration of like the king and the parliament did not get blown up right yeah it's so not it's like more of a celebration. celebrating it's like pro-parliament a bit yes. yeah it's like pro-king pro parliament right but over time i feel like guy fox became like this action figure of like a cool heroic yeah cool he's kind of like for lack of better vigilante i guess like a batman let's think of um v for vendetta yeah based on this story of course so if you've seen v for vendetta the whole point is that it's a modern day reenactment of this bombing of parliament exactly you know and so their whole thing is again uh, I don't know what he does in terms of what explosive he uses, but it's the same concept. I couldn't watch it through the pandemic. It was giving me it, nightmares. We, we too much anxiety during the yeah. pandemic to watch that movie. 
Um, but but yeah, so I mean, it's still it's still a very famous night that exists in in London or not London, but all of England, all, all of, of England, the UK. Yeah. Um, and we we had a I think um, a note from one of our listeners too, who was talking to us about Guy Fawkes Night outside yep. of his pub, which is really cool. So fun. We're gonna do that. No one's gonna have any idea what we're doing. We're gonna be down like the Rose of Scottsdale with like a dummy that's lit on fire. Be like, remember, remember the fifth of November, and people are gonna be like, I'm sorry, but can someone call the police? Um, I'm sorry. Did you tell me where Maya is? <laughs> oh God. Um. Why? Okay. So out of almost everything we learned, I think this was my favorite fact. Yeah. So the term guy eventually turned into this loose term of like a poorly dressed man because that's how they <laughs> dressed up their dummy. Their guy that they would parade through the streets right. is just like, you know, a scarecrow kind of. Yeah. Um, which eventually turned into like, oh, you guys. And oh, that guy. That guy. I that know guy. guy. <laughs> and that's kind of in modern terminology. We say guy all the time. The and origins. This, the origins of guy came from this legend of Guy Fox. That's pretty cool. So cool. I, I love things like that. I wonder if that term is going to be okay in the future. Can no. I still use it? I don't no. know. Is that not okay to say guys anymore? I don't know. What do you say? Ladies and gentlemen? No, you can't no. say that. You can't identify gender. Human folks. Hi, human folks. Humans. Okay. Um, With all of this, we do have a very relevant segment. Segment. Yeah. We've only done this one once. Yes. In our first episode of season two, which was... um. Catherine Howard. That bitch, Catherine Howard. Basic bitch. That basic bitch. <laughs> We're going to do the Ghost of the Gallows. Yeah. Uh, this, I don't have a lot of content on this. That's okay. That's you know, the it's point of this mostly, is just to educate. I'm just going to turn into a little bit of like a travel review site right now. Perfect. And if you are around York, England, okay. if you ever get the pleasure, you should go visit Guy Fox Inn. Ooh, it's an inn. It's an inn. Oh, it's like when we did our William Kidd episode, mm-hmm. right? And there's the, I think, it, is it called William Kidd Inn? I the don't one know. that's right on the tank. That was like two years ago. I know, that was a long time ago. I don't remember. Anyway, back to your story. Guy Fox Inn is yes. the birthplace of Guy Fox in York, England. Yeah, in Stonegate, I think is what it's called. Sure. I really? Stonegate, York. Cool. It's like a suburb, I suppose. Well, it's haunted. Oh. And if you just, like, look up TripAdvisor Guy Fox, everyone's like, loved it, but too many ghosts. I loved it except for the ghostly part. Which, I'm always like, okay, how do we know it's Guy Fox? I don't know. But they say they hear laughter, and there's, like, stories, you know, all the typical things. There's, there's like, a jolly guy, right? Yeah. He'd be a guy that they just They said laughs. he was fun. Yeah. Um, But they're, like, guess planned for the whole week but they left in the middle of the night the very first night like Ooh. there's just lots of stories like that yeah. and i actually um didn't get to dive that deeply into some of the videos and comments and reviews and specifics if you have any stories i would love to hear your story so let us know if you yeah. have any guy fox in stories i would also think like me being catholic I feel like Catholics just hold a certain amount of guilt to where we do have a certain amount of unfinished business in the afterlife. Oh, so fuck. You're I think haunt me, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I've already talked about and haunting. my mother will too. So were your mother? Oh, your mother's gonna haunt you. I'm gonna haunt. She's you. gonna be a bad ghost. She's, She's gonna be a poltergeist. Actually, very scary. Your mother. <laughs> <laughs> I love her, but like scary ghost. Yeah, very scary. Ghost. She's gonna like I make the bed a, for me. Maybe I That's think it's a, a Catholic thing. thing where you mm. just like hold on to so much like guilt and resentment and whatever your whole life so when you're in death you're like okay now's my chance <laughs> mm. i'm gonna really f with people and uh, gotcha. i kind of look forward to that part of my life or death rather <laughs> <laughs> elizabeth your your ghost self does your ghost self have, have any final words Ooh, not today <laughs> <laughs>